Welcome to Stay at Home, Mom, with your illustrious host, Leslie Goodgesell, mother to six beautiful daughters, wife to an amazingly hardworking and supportive husband, homeschooler, and homesteader in the making. Join me on this journey, this blessing of what motherhood looks like. come out to my shop with me? Has your spouse ever requested something like this from you, asking you to be involved in something that they really enjoy doing, but you did not have a care in the world about it? I have, and I've made some really poor choices when it comes to that. And actually, it wasn't entirely my fault. So join me today while I share with you a simple story that happened in our lives being run over by a semi-tire. Honey, you want to come out to my shop with me? And the one day that my husband requested I join him in his shop, I thought, I'm going to be a good wife. I'm going to put the babies down for a nap. I'm going to forget about the laundry that needs to be folded. And I'm going to go out there and I'm going to enjoy it. And so I walk out into his shop and I sit down on this stool while he's working on something. And you will not believe what happened. As we're talking, out of nowhere, from across his shop, this semi-tire comes rolling across the entire place and hits me off of the stool. I wish I was exaggerating. I wish that I was making this up because it's like the craziest thing in the world. And the whole time this is going on, my husband is standing across from me with his jaw to the floor. He couldn't even believe it happened. And I looked up at him as I'm trying to pull myself up off of this dirty shop floor. And I'm like, this is why I never come out here with you. Tears in my eyes and I run into the house. (laughs) That was probably the worst experience I have ever had in the shop with my husband. Was it his fault? Absolutely not. He wasn't even working on tires. He was working on something completely different. But what did that do for me? Well, it kind of put me in this headspace of, it's not safe for me to be in his shop. His shop is after me. Literally, his belongings are trying to take me out. (laughs) No, were they? Uh, They're inanimate objects. Obviously, they're probably not. They probably don't have thoughts. Like, we're going to get rid of this lady, right? That really wasn't the issue. But I really see that the enemy was attacking our marriage. That may seem a little super spiritual for some. But I believe that marriage created by our creator, there is something holy and righteous and pure about it. And there is something that this world and evil cannot deal with. So literally, we have an enemy constantly coming at us and trying to break up that bond that we have with our spouse because there is power when two people become one. There is power in that. There is unity and strength. That was probably the beginning of a lot of marital issues for us because I completely disengaged. And what do I mean by that? I mean... Anytime my husband said, hey, do you want to go do this with me? I look at him and I'd say, are there tires around? (laughs) Um, no. Well, I don't care. I don't want to do it anyway. Literally every time I'm around you, I get hurt. And this didn't end with the tire either. (laughs) There are still times when I go into his shop 
that random things will just like fall from a wall and hit me or I'll run over or trip on something. Like I am not the most graceful person in the world, but I've come to the realization that sometimes these things happen because they're outside of our control and we have a choice. How are we going to respond to that? Are we going to laugh at it and be like, oh my gosh, I can't believe that just happened. Which now, you know, 18 years into this marriage, I finally decided that's a good, that's a good perspective to have. (laughs) Or are we going to get frustrated and angry and disengage? Which was the first thing that I did. And it was to the detriment of our marriage. There is one thing that I have learned in these 18 years of being with this man who is very similar to me in many ways, but also the complete opposite, is that what speaks love to us is very, very different. And that's okay. It's learning how to love that person where they are and what speaks love to them. Now, maybe not unlike most couples, our love languages are completely different. (laughs) My love languages are the complete opposite of his to the point that one of my primary love languages touch. He can't stand to be touched. (laughs) So that's how polar opposite we are. His primary love language is acts of service and quality time is a very close second. So when he asks me to come sit in the shop with him, he's doing that because spending that time with me makes him feel loved. It shows him whether or not I'm interested in what he's doing that I am willing to give him my time and attention. And that means the world to him. Doesn't always mean the world to me, right? (laughs) Because I could just literally be sitting there. As the years have gone on, I have actually gotten to the point where he has bought a hammock stand and bought me a hammock, given me a book, and been like, just set up the hammock in my shop so you can be with me while I'm working on this. Now I'm totally cool with it. But at first... Every time he would make this request to me, hey, do you want to do this? Hey, will you come do this with me? Hey, will you go sit in here? I had no interest whatsoever. This man knows things about mechanics, woodworking, construction, electronics, and it's all things that I have zero interest in. And that really hurt our marriage for a long time. It wasn't an intentional thing that I didn't appreciate him or I didn't care what he was into. It wasn't anything like that at all. So how did this cause issues when he would request me to go sit with him and I refused? Other than making him feel unloved, it made me feel unloved. What do I mean by that? That seems like a really backward statement, right? Love is probably one of the most selfless things that we can offer. And it is a choice. It isn't a feeling. It's not an emotion. It's a choice that we make to prefer someone above ourselves. And we have this opportunity all day, every day, with the people who are closest to us in our family and strangers that we meet on the street. It doesn't matter where we are. We always have an opportunity and a choice to choose love or to not. So when you don't choose love for the people who are closest to you and the people that mean the most to you, you in turn don't receive love because you're not experiencing the love exchange, right? It's a currency. You give love, you receive love. It kind of, it creates the cycle. It creates this atmosphere for everybody to be filled. Now, does your husband fill you? Are you incomplete without him? No, absolutely not. I was a whole person before I met my husband. I am still a whole person with my husband, but he's able to fulfill needs in me that I can't fulfill on my own. And that's an okay thing. That's how we were created. I appreciate that. 
I appreciate that he probably knows me better than I know myself at this point because he studies me. He takes the time to know. Did he always do that? Nope. We've grown here. We've gone through some stuff. Like I said in my last episode, we've gone through some stuff. Maybe on another podcast, I'll invite my husband to join me and kind of talk about those things if he's willing to expose all of our dirt. (laughs) We've gone through some things that have shown us how to transition out of selfishness and into love. I have been willing to get outside of my comfort zone and not worry about getting run over by semi-tires to make sure that he is feeling loved by me. And when I do that, it makes him more willing to speak my love languages. If you don't know about the five love languages, I recommend everybody grab that book and read it because I think it gives you a really good insight. Understanding what makes a person feel loved helps us to be able to communicate better with them. And my husband finds it extremely exhausting to speak my love languages, and I find it extremely exhausting to speak his love language. I think it gives us a drive to really understand that person and to sacrificially prefer them above ourselves. I don't think that's a bad thing. I don't think that means that I am thinking of myself lesser necessarily, but I am preferring him. And I'm looking at him and saying, you know what? You're worth me investing this, even if it makes me uncomfortable, even if it's not something that I'm super interested in, I'm going to pick it. Fast forward some years when we have our our moment in time that we decide we really need to get to the root of our issues. And the one thing that he asked of me, because some of our issues are mindset issues, right? But one of the things that he asked of me is, what do you need from me? And nobody had ever asked me that before. And to be honest, I can't say that I ever asked him what he needed from me before. And that's kind of heartbreaking to think about. But I told him, I really just need you to ask me how I'm doing. And that's when I realized words of affirmation was really high up there on my list. My husband gets busy in his work. He's an acts of service kind of guy. So he is a worker. He's always doing things. And he does big things. He never does anything small. (laughs) He does everything big. And he thinks that speaks love to me. I appreciate everything that he does. There is not one thing this man has done for me in the last 18 years that I have known him that I have taken for granted, that I have not appreciated. But I may not give him like these big, oh my gosh, that's so amazing responses that he expects because acts of service isn't my primary love language. It's his. He works hard. He does all these things because to him, he's showing me that I am loved. Now, that's not how I receive love. All he needs to do is come up and give me a hug or a kiss or literally tell me that I look nice that day and then I feel loved. My love languages seem so simple. (laughs) It seems like it would be so easy, but it's not for him. Because while he likes an attaboy every once in a while, right? Everybody does. Words of affirmations, not super duper high for him. It's really just the acts of service. He does appreciate words of affirmation. Don't get me wrong. Some people think that it's just words. Other people really thrive on being told that they are seen, that they are heard, that they're appreciated. When you're a mom and you're home with a bunch of little ones all day long, some days you can't get out of your pajamas. Some days you don't get your makeup done or your hair done. Some days you can't even take a shower, if we're being honest. And you just want somebody to come home and be like, hey, thanks for taking care of the kids so well today. 
that you even denied yourself a shower. <laughs> like, let's be real. You want to be noticed. You want to be acknowledged and appreciated. That's all I wanted. It really wasn't that hard. But for him, it was because he is a worker. He is working towards something. So what spoke love to him, and still to this day, this is a conversation that we have continually, is if he comes home from work and I have a warm meal prepared for him. If I baked fresh homemade bread that day, if I set aside something special that I made for him, some kind of act of service. Actually, recently, one of the things was we've been finishing our greenhouse and he wanted to stain it all because we knew we were going to cover it with plastic. We just stained it to try to seal it, to preserve it as long as we possibly can. Well, he's working a job that he needed to finish, and he was four and a half weeks behind on. So I spent my extra time outside staining this greenhouse for him. Did he ask me to do that? He did not. But knowing that his love language is acts of service, I knew that would make him feel loved. He wants to know that he is thought of and cared for and fed because he's a man and he's working all day and he doesn't want to have to think about, oh, what do I need to make for dinner when I come home? I've taken that role as being the stay-at-home part of our family. That's my role is to make sure everybody's fed and clothed and clean laundry. So that's on me. I take on that responsibility. That's how we've adjusted it for our family. Works different for everybody. My dad, both of my parents worked full-time and my dad was the cook. He came home from work. He made the meals. That's just how it worked in my parents' family. That's how they did things, and this is how we do. There's nothing wrong with either way. I feel like everybody does what works best for their family. So his acts of service, while yes, it is doing things for him, it's not always doing things that I think are most important. It's what he requires to feel love. And for him, it's not necessarily, did I do this extra chore outside? Did I get this thing done on the farm? Did, did I take care of that project? It's, are you helping to supply my basic needs? right? Like if you're going to say you're going to feed me, I need to know you're going to feed me. I totally get it. And for me, he comes home and I'm exhausted and I'm tired and I'm like, oh, rub my back <laughs> because I need the physical touch. Give me a hug. Just hold me. I just need somebody to touch me in a non-draining way. I know other moms out there understand that. There is different forms of touch. And when you're being touched by little ones all day, it's a very draining touch. It is a touch that's like, I don't know how to explain it. It's like sucking the life out of you and all of your energy. And you're like, is that why you're jumping off the walls at nine o'clock at night? Because all you did was touch me all day and just take it all out of me. But then there's that soothing, calming, restorative touch. And that's what I require from my husband. But that's not his primary love language. So he doesn't think about touching. <laughs> he doesn't think about giving me a hug or rubbing my back because it's not his thing. Over the years, I've learned that speaking his love language is to the betterment of my marriage, to the betterment of me, and it makes me feel loved when he feels loved. Now, what happens in a marriage when you get stuck into the cycle that both of you feel really unloved and you feel like everything you do is for that person, but they aren't receiving it? You are giving your all, but it's just not enough. Do you know what I'm saying? Have you been there? Have you felt that? because I have. I'm going to tell you right now that nobody is alone in feeling that. Marriage is work. Marriage is hard work, and it's worth it every time. It is just like parenting. It is worth every moment, every ounce of energy that we put into it. It is worth it. Worth it because in the end, it makes us a greater version of ourselves. And I think I've said this before, that my husband makes me the best version 
of myself. And I pray that I make him the best version of himself. But my goal is to always, always, always encourage and build him up to be everything that he was created to be. And I know I do that by humbling myself, speaking his love language, even when it's exhausting to me, because you know what? When he's feeling loved, he's able to love me. Now, does that mean that the wife always has to be the one that does all of the work in the marriage? No, absolutely not. And this is a discussion James and I have had many times. It's an equal partnership. You both need to give. And there are moments sometimes in your marriage where you're giving more than they are. And that's okay because there will be moments when they give more than you're able to. There's always a balance. And the goal is to keep your perspective where it needs to be. The moment we start to let bitterness and frustration and anger set in because we aren't feeling love, that's when everything falls apart. And that's what happened at the beginning of our marriage. I didn't want to be around in his shop and speak that part of his love language of quality time, right? Because I'm like, I get damaged. <laughs> I'm going to lose limbs in your shop. I cannot go out there. Are you joking me? I need to take care of these children. And if I get maimed in your shop, there is nobody to breastfeed these infants. <laughs> now, is that a little extreme? Maybe. But he felt unloved and that planted a root of bitterness. He got frustrated. He felt unloved. And then you, what happens when you start to feel unloved? You kind of start to withhold love. That's a natural human response because something in you says, well, it's not safe to give you this. It's not safe to be transparent and open with you. He started withdrawing. And even though I gave, I had this wall up to try to protect my own self because I was like, wait a minute. I'm going to try to give you what you need, but I don't feel safe either because now you're acting this way. And then you get into a negative cycle. It's a negative cycle of withholding love and withholding trust and growing bitterness. There is something that I learned pretty early on in our marriage, and that is the root of all conflict, the root of all misunderstandings, the root of all issues in any relationship is selfishness. The moment that we put ourselves above everybody else, our feelings, our emotions, our thought, our perspective, our ideas, anytime we do that, we are not preferring someone above ourselves. And that breeds contention. That lays the foundation for bitterness. We don't ever want to grow those negative things. We always want to create an atmosphere of peace, joy, love. Life is not all lollipops and rainbows. <laughs> That's not what I'm saying. But we should always be working towards choosing love. Sometimes it's hard. Sometimes it's really easy. Sometimes it's so easy. You just look at that person and you think, I am so honored to be married to you. I'm so honored to do life with you and raise these kids with you. You make it worth it. And then there's moments when you're like, dude, I'm going to rip your head off and I'll roll it down the middle of the street. <laughs> I may have said that a couple times. <laughs> But it's real, right? Like, we have real emotions. Solving all of our issues doesn't happen overnight. Resolving the things that we struggle with doesn't happen in just a day. It takes work. It takes time. And it really takes those hard discussions and a lot of introspection. We need to really be able to look into ourselves and see where we're struggling and be transparent with the people we love the most. Marriage can be so absolutely beautiful. And even when James and I went through the, our times that were really rough. Like the one thing that kept us together because 12 years in a marriage that is constantly going around like a negative cycle, that's a long time. And I know people endure it for much longer than that. 
The one thing that kept us together was that we were best friends and loved the Lord. We were always seeking to do what was best according to Scripture. We wanted to be the best version of ourselves, and we knew that we found that in Scripture, but sometimes you don't know how to get there. Sometimes you don't know where that direction comes from. And I'm going to tell you right now, you get that direction only from your Creator. You cannot find it outside of that. He is the only one that knows exactly what you were created for, exactly the gifts you have, and exactly how you're supposed to use them. So unless you connect with Him, you're going to constantly feel like you're lost. And even though we were connecting with Him, and even though we were best friends, we still struggled. We still had our issues. Heck, we still struggle. There are still things like just the other day, I was like... (laughs) Dude, driving me crazy. (laughs) I love you, but I just need to go do something else. (laughs) I need to get in the car and go do laundry at the laundromat because I can't focus on this one thing. And it wasn't even that, it wasn't even that he was irritating me. It was that I was tired and I was focused on something that I wanted to do. That's selfishness. I wasn't considering him at that moment and what he was needing, offering. I was only focused on what I needed to do and what I wanted to do. That selfishness started to grow a little bit of irritation where I was like, I just need to get away. And granted, we hadn't slept that whole night before. Like, we were both really tired. That's not an excuse, but it is the truth. All of this to say, preferring your spouse over yourself doesn't look like being a doormat. Preferring your spouse over yourself looks like considering them before you take hold of your emotions and own that as truth. Are our emotions valid? Absolutely. But sometimes our emotions aren't the most truthful. And that's something that we always need to learn to decipher between. Hope you enjoyed this tale of our crazy life and me getting run over by a semi-tire. It was funny, kind of crazy. I appreciate you being here. I appreciate you sharing this with me. And I pray that you are encouraged today. I pray that you build your house, that you become the wife that you've always wanted to be, the mother that you want to be to your children, and that you are a light to the community around you. And if you want to keep up with what's going on in our homestead, you can check out our YouTube channel, which is Goodies Gabbings. You can see all of the videos that my husband is posting about just different things we're doing on our homestead that I might not always talk about on the podcast. So with that, have an amazing day, and we will see you next time on Stay at Home Moms.